Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Experience Liberty Radio. We're streaming online at kvxl101.com. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had a fantastic uh, weekend. We are going to talk about Mike Pence and Pokemon today. Uh, but first, you know, we had another another police shooting yesterday in Baton Rouge, and I just. I don't even know what to say about these shootings anymore. I I did a whole episode about our our, our race relations in America and the police shooting in Dallas last week. So I don't want to rehash all of that because I think we've, we've said what needs to be said. Look, it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anything to go out and, and just shoot police officers that have nothing to do absolutely nothing to do with the things that you may or may not be upset about. And, you know, the Dallas police shooter specifically targeted, he said he wanted to kill white cops. That's racism. All right, we could talk about if there's a, if there's the race issues that may or may not exist with some bad cops, and there are some bad cops. But we can't simply ignore the fact that, that, in Dallas, he said he wanted to kill white police officers. That's racism, too. And, you know, I don't know what the motive was in the Baton Rouge shooting. But I know that shooting police officers who have sworn to protect and defend you and your family and your community is not the answer. And honestly, my, I, I really don't know what else to say about this stuff. I, my heart is broken. I have many friends who are police officers. And I just can't imagine what their families are going through. You know, there was a police officer's family. I think it was in Indiana. He had his patrol car uh, parked in his driveway. He and his wife, and it was either three or four of his kids, were at home asleep at night. His house was shot 21 times. While he and his wife and children are sleeping inside, his house was shot up. 21 times. Because he's a cop. Do you know that there is an almost daily ambush of police across this country right now? And you're not hearing about it on the news. It doesn't fit into into this racist police hate everyone, but we all love the police narrative. No, it just doesn't work. We've got to stop this. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to honor those that are in authority. And I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into this a whole lot today because if you want to hear my thoughts more extensively on this. We've got the podcast of the show that I did after the Dallas police shooting. My thoughts haven't changed. And you can go and listen to that episode. It's on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. Just search The Frittle Show. Um, but I, my heart is just broken again this week because I, 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 don't, I don't know what we do. I don't know how we help people understand that shooting innocent people doesn't solve the issue, like, even if, 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 if someone is shot who is innocent, how does going out and shooting someone else who is innocent 
solve that problem. And in what is happening more often, how does the killing of someone who maybe was not innocent justify you going out and killing someone who is innocent? It doesn't. And we had three police officers killed, I believe five others injured. I, I can't imagine what their families are, are going through today. I just can't imagine it. You know, they, they have moms and dads and, and wives and kids and brothers and sisters that are grieving. So, oh, hug, a, hug a police officer today. Thank a police officer. You have your kids write them a letter. Thank them for what they do. Would, would you want to be a cop in the day that we live in? I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could. Because you're literally fearing for your life every day, never knowing if the person walking up to talk to you wants to shoot you or thank you. I mean, imagine that. <sighs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't really I don't know what else to talk about with this this situation. So we're gonna move on, but please remember the families of our fallen officers in Baton Rouge and please wherever you are, thank your police department for what they do. Let's stop this. Let's let's do what God tells us to do and honor those that he has put in positions of authority over us. Alright, so the GOP convention has begun in Cleveland. It's going to go through Thursday. By the way, Tim Tebow is not actually speaking. That, like, major faux pas from the Republican National Committee to announce that Tebow was speaking, and then just hours later, Tebow does this video, a Facebook video, announcing to the world that, yeah, no, sorry, I'm not actually speaking. That... That's terrible. And Tebow called it a rumor. He was being extremely gracious because it was the RNC that had him listed as a speaker. It wasn't a rumor. It was a, here's our speaker list. Tim Tebow's coming. No, he's not. Big problem. Word on the street was Trump had also hoped to have Tom Brady there, but Brady turned him down. Kind of intriguing. But uh, anyway, the convention has started. We are going to talk with um, a couple of my friends that are on the ground there. We'll have them throughout the week. Here as guests tomorrow, we're going to have uh, John Christ. No, when is John Christ on? He's on Wednesday. John Christ is going to be on on Wednesday, comedian. He's hilarious. You're going to love him. He's going to be here to talk about his new video, Get Offended. It's actually like a commercial. You may have seen it on Facebook. Pretty cool. But um, before we get to the convention and all this other stuff... Let's talk about Pokemon Go. Because it is all the rage and everyone else is talking about it. I honestly, I wasn't going to talk about it. I was like, you know what, I don't, it's one of those gray areas where I've got friends that are all like, Pokemon is of the devil. Burn all the Pokemons. Then I have other friends that are like, Pokemon Go! Yeah! I just caught Pikachu! I'm like, okay, I, I don't you just caught a little yellow fake creature. But anyway, 
I wasn't going to talk about it because I was like, this is just one of those things where, oh, I just don't, just don't, just don't, Crystal, just don't walk in that mud. And then I was sitting in you, Swirl, the nice little yogurt eating place, eating my nice little yogurt, minding my own business, having fun with my friends, when all of a sudden, there is, there is a fellow human being standing next to me with his phone pointed at me, which first of all is just creepy. Fortunately, I knew this person, otherwise I would have been very tempted to smack them in the face or possibly call the police. Because his phone is not moving. And he's flicking his finger on his phone. You don't know what he's doing. I'm just saying. But again, because it's a friend, I knew what he was doing, so I wasn't totally creeped out. And I was like, um, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, it's in your lap. I'm like, what is in my lap? The Pokemon I'm trying to catch. I'm sorry, what? there's a Pokemon sitting in my lap right now? Mm-hmm. Talk about three minutes of pure awkward. Not to mention, what if that had been a stranger? Once again, he was he was probably going to get smacked in the face because I don't, I, your phone might about to be destroyed because I don't know if you're taking creepy pictures. I don't know if you're a creeper. I don't know what you're doing. What if the Pokemon is sitting in my kid's lap? I don't have a kid, but what if I was a mom and the Pokemon's sitting in my kid's lap and you've got some stranger pointing their phone at your child? How would you feel about that? So anyway, Pokemon invaded my world. Like, Pokemon invaded my space. Like, literally, the Pokemon is sitting in my lap. I didn't ask for the Pokemon. I didn't ask for this. But you want, you want, you want to mess with me, Pokemon? Okay, let's do this thing. Let's talk about Pokemon Go, all right? Let's, let's do it. We're going to, I'm going to explain to you what Pokemon Go actually is. And then we're going to talk about some of the concerns that different people have and why people love it. Uh, we're going to talk about it from a practical and spiritual perspective. So first off, what is Pokemon Go? Are you ready? fascinating story of the founder of Pokemon Go, the game that's going crazy viral. This is from ScoopHoop.com. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, all of these thinkers and doers have worked on their brainchild idea for years to perfect it, and when they did, the results changed the face of the world forever. Their inventions made people's lives easier, better, and a lot more fun. John Hank, the creator of Pokemon Go... If I'm still okay, he's probably on seventh heaven right now. His game, which is hardly a week old, has seen more downloads than Tinder, Twitter, and other popular apps in a span of just over a week. The game has set people crazy, and Nintendo shares have gone up at lightning fast speed. However, this overnight success, as some might call it, actually took 20 long and hard years to create. Yes, that is true. It took John Hank 20 years to perfect. Pokemon Go. The Meridian 59 phase. Anybody remember this game? In 1996, while John Hank was still a student, he launched a massively popular multiplayer online game called Meridian 59. The game was so great that 3DO, the gaming company, bought it from him. John then created the next big thing, Google Earth. John Hank created Keyhole, a software development company specializing in geospatial data visualization applications, which is basically GPS-linked 3D aerial views of the Earth. Seeing the potential that Keyhole had, Google acquired it in 2004 and turned it into what we use today and know as Google Earth. 
That is when John decided that he could focus on fa- on making GPS-based games, which led to the birth of Niantic. From 2004 to 2010, Hank ran the Google Earth team. He created the Google Maps and Google Street View, and in the meantime, also put together the core team for Pokemon Go. In 2000 and 2010, he set up Niantic, a startup funded by Google to create a game based on Google Maps. Why Niantic? Well, mostly because the Niantic is the name of a whaling ship that came up during the gold rush and through a variety of circumstances got dragged onto shore. This happened with other ships too, and over the years, San Francisco was basically just built over top of these ships. You could stand on top of them now and you wouldn't even know it. So it's this idea that there's stuff about the world that's really cool, but even though it's on the internet, it's hard to know when you're actually there. So a small company launched its first geo-based multiplayer game called Ingress in 2012, which surprisingly was also a big hit. Then came the prank that went viral. After gathering the team for his ultimate game, John launched a minigame as a joke on April Fool's Day in 2014 along with Google. This game was to set precedence for the Pokemon Go game that the world has gone crazy about right now. But the prank actually worked and was a viral hit on Google, and that was all that John needed to finish what he began. It was called the Pokemon Challenge, and you can find it on Google Maps on April Fool's Day in 2014. But if you think the game was built just for fun, you might be wrong. John Hank, in an interview with Business Insider, states that the team behind Pokemon Go had a larger objective than just providing entertainment to the public. He said Pokemon Go is designed to get you up and moving by promising you Pokemon as rewards rather than placing pressure on you. Many people are actually making the effort to go out and explore new places around them. This was what Hank wanted, too. He says, by encouraging exploration, Pokemon Go can make your life better in some small way. And by the way, those Poke Stops were not chosen at random. John, along with his team, asked players of Ingress, his earlier game, to submit portals in their city that they believe are worthy of visiting. They received 15 million suggestions, out of which 5 million were chosen, and they now appear as Poke Stops and Poke Gems. So there you go. Now you know. Hank raised a whopping amount of $25 million from Nintendo, Google, the Pokemon Company, and other investors from December of 2015 to February of 2016 and started to prep for the final launch. The team launched Pokemon Go on July 6th and made history in the field of gaming with the game going viral and topping the charts in downloads. With augmented reality and an interface that gets people hooked instantly, Pokemon Go is the sweet result of one man's vision. So one thing I want to mention just to start out here before we dive too deep into this. It's important for you to realize that Pokemon, the original Pokemon game that was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the one that I knew growing up, and Pokemon Go are two different things. They're built around the same characters um, and many of the same concepts, but they are two different things. And I think that many of the concerns that people had with the original game aren't necessarily relevant in the new game due to some differences between the two. But we're going to talk about more of that in just a minute. But first, uh, a little bit of the practical aspect. All right, I talked about how there was a Pokemon sitting in my lap. All right, This is personal for me. Like, literally, a Pokemon was sitting in my lap. I don't know how it gets more personal than that. Frankly, frankly, I need to call the Pokemons. Pokemons need to take my calls. But anyhow... Um, there's that aspect of it, practically speaking, the the potential danger of there there could be Pokemon sitting in your kid's lap when you're out at some public place and strangers potentially taking pictures of your children or saying they're ta- playing Pokemon Go because there's a Pokemon right there, but maybe they're not. Maybe they are taking pictures or video. That's just something to consider. Another thing to consider, 
um, from the safety perspective of this is that your GPS in your phone must be turned on for you to play this game. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I have always been taught that unless you are using your GPS to drive somewhere, it's just maybe not wise to have your GPS on your phone turned on because then people can track you down and they can know where you are at all times. I personally never use uh, the Facebook check-in. Um, I don't uh, I don't have locations turned on on my tweets or on Instagram. It's just not something that I personally think is, is wise. But with Pokemon Go, your GPS is always on. And unless you choose to turn it off for other applications in your phone or your mobile device, then, um, then that's going to be on and that could affect your other uh, apps or your kids' apps as well. Another thing, this was in, uh, in Fox News, death by Pokemon, Pu- public safety fears mount as Pokemon Go craze continues. From driving accidents to distracted pedestrians and dangerous trespassing, the phenomenal success of Nintendo's Pokemon Go game is fueling public safety fears. Death by Pokemon is coming, warns Gary Byer, Governor Preston E. Smith, Regents Professor of Law at Texas Tech University School of Law. Pokemon users will have all sorts of accidents as they use the program while biking, walking, driving, etc. Two men apparently were playing the game and had to be rescued after falling off of a 90-foot ocean bluff in California last week. The Pokemon Go phenomenon has driven extensive media coverage, but amid all the brouhaha... They literally use the word brouhaha in a Fox News article. I love it. A number of reports have been identified as hoaxes. The free augmented reality game lets players capture digital creatures at real locations using their smartphones. Digital items that can be used within the game can be found at so-called Pokestops, which are often located at real landmarks. But a slew of trespassing incidents have been linked to the game. Fox 8, for example, reports that three teenagers were stopped at Perry Nuclear Power Plant in Ohio when they trespassed on the site in pursuit of Pokemon characters. Pokemon Go has also prompted a flood of warnings from police departments as you battle, train, and capture your Pokemon. Just remember you're still in the real world, warned San Francisco Police Department in a Facebook post last week. Other law enforcement agencies have already reported accidents, injuries, and robberies, while suspects have used the game to lure victims. Armed robberies of Pokemon Go players have been reported in Maryland and on Long Island. The game has also been cited in road accidents. Texas A&M University Police tweeted this week that a vehicle struck an illegally parked car on Monday, noting that the first driver had exited to catch a Pokemon. The following day, a driver wrapped his car around a tree while playing Pokemon Go in upstate New York. Distracted distracted pedestrians have also been suffering injuries. On July 7th, a Reddit user lamented that Pokemon Go put me in the ER in a thread devoted to the game. Not even 30 minutes after the release of the game, I slipped and fell down a ditch. I fractured my fifth metatarsal bone, and I have six to eight weeks for recovery. I told all the doctors that I was just out walking my dog. Watch where you're going, folks. One woman in western Pennsylvania said that her 15-year-old daughter was hit by a car while playing the game and crossing a busy highway. The girl was reportedly hospitalized with an injured collarbone and foot, as well as cuts and bruises. In addition to the accident risk, Texas Tech's university's buyer warns that trespassing Pokemon Go players could be putting their lives in danger. 
I also fear that Pokemon trespassers may be considered home invaders by property owners and injured or even killed by owners who believe they are defending their property and life. The Pokemon user certainly will be liable for trespassing and any other damages he or she causes to the property owners. A warning from Pokemon Go developer Niantic also pops up every time the app is open, telling players to be aware of their surroundings. Players must also agree to fine print saying that they cannot enter private property without permission. There's also a disclaimer that says Niantic is not liable for any property damage, injuries, or deaths that result while playing. However, since most people do not pay atten close attention to fine print, that may or may not matter. Pokemon Go also sparked controversy this week when characters in the game appeared in the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum and Arlington National Cemetery. Senator Al Franken from Minnesota has called for Niantic to give greater clarity about how its users handle security and privacy. The brouhaha, ha-ha-ha, however, has done little to dent the popularity of Pokemon Go. The game has overtaken Pandora, Twitter, Netflix, Google Hangouts, and Spotify for daily use in the U.S., according to digital market intelligence specialist SimilarWeb. Pokemon Go is also closing in on popular social media apps Snapchat and WhatsApp, SimilarWeb announced Thursday. There was also a, a mob of people and a, like, basically a stampede in Central Park over the weekend as uh, a rare Pokemon appeared and people flooded to catch him, um, which is apparently becoming more and more common. So that's the practical side of it. I mean, that the, it is possible that you could be robbed or kidnapped playing this game. So you may want to factor in that decision when, uh, or factor that into your decision rather, when you uh, talk with your children about whether you will or will not allow them to play uh, Pokemon, or even when you yourself are considering participating in this phenomenon. Now we could, you know, say that about pretty much most things that are out there today. I mean, we could say this about hoverboards and about Uber. Not necessarily safe. You know, once upon a time, we told kids, don't get in a stranger's car. Now we have an app for that. You can uh, you can call up a stranger and have them come pick you up in their car. So, it, I mean, we have to look at all sides of this thing. And you know what else is happening on the practical side, though? Kids are going outside again. People are being active. I mean, kids are actually waking up early and asking to go on walks with their parents. So you know, there's no denying that this game is getting people up and getting them moving, getting them connected with each other. It's a great opportunity to meet new people, you know, hopefully not a serial killer. But, you know, your neighbors that may be standing in your driveway trying to catch Pikachu and maybe you've never met them before. And now you have the chance because Pikachu's hanging in your driveway. You know, it's, uh, you can take advantage of the opportunity. Now, all that said, there are some parents, some Christians that are and are going to be vehemently opposed to this game. Others will have no problems with it at all. In fact, they might play it with their kids, try to catch more Pokemon than their kids. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, um, I was raised in a home where most Disney movies were off-limits because of witches and witchcraft and magic. Harry Potter was a definite no. Power Rangers were a no. Uh, Pokemon was a definite no. So that's the background and the mindset that I come at to this with personally. And you can disagree or disagree with my parents' parenting uh, points of view, but my point is this, all right? Here's where I'm going with this. As I have become an adult, um, and as I have thought through different things myself, I, I checked my Bible extensively, and I can't find any reference to Pokemons in it. I can't. Now, I can find references to demons, and to magic, and to occultic stuff, so 
if you believe that Pokemon involves any of those things, then obviously you don't want to be involved and you don't want your children to be involved. But Pokemons aren't referenced specifically in Second Hezekiah or anywhere else, unless Leviathan was a Pokemon. That would actually make sense. But, you know what I did find in my Bible? What I found is that I shouldn't do anything that causes a weaker brother to stumble. I found that I should use my time wisely. I found that no matter what I do, I should be fully persuaded in my own mind that this is something that God would want me to do. That, but that I also shouldn't do anything that would violate my conscience. So for me personally, I don't play Pokemon Go and, and I won't download it. For one thing, I simply don't have time uh, for, for games like this that are, that are requiring lots of time. I don't play Clash of Clans or Farmville or Candy Crush. I can't even tell you, quite frankly, what phones, what phones, what games I have on my phone. I think maybe like three different versions of Angry Birds and maybe Tetris. I don't know because I don't play them. I just don't have time to play them. Sometimes I wish I did, but I don't. And frankly, I'm amazed at people who do have time for these things. But regardless, um, you know, I, I don't personally think that Pokemon is, is explicitly demonic. However, I think that it could potentially condition children who play the game into accepting occultic and evolutionary principles. Now, before you call me crazy, think about it. Let's talk about some of the characters in the game for just a second. Haunter can hypnotize. He can eat a person's dreams and drain their energy. Abra reads minds. Kadabra emits negative energy that is harmful to others. Ghastly induces sleep. Gengar laughs at your fears. Nidoran uses poison. And the psychic types of the Pokemon are among the strongest in the game. Because what you're doing is you're, 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 you're capturing the Pokemon to train them to fight and, and kill each other, basically. You've got Charmander, Haunter, Ivisiar, Kadabra, and, and almost most of them, all these creatures, can evolve. Evolution is a key and integral part of the game. I, I don't know about you, but my parents were kind of opposed to things that, that encouraged me to believe in evolution. And besides that, frankly, there's just a lot going on uh, with these different things that, that reminds me of the occult and Eastern mysticism. And you can call me crazy, you can disagree, that's fine. I honestly, I couldn't care less whether you play Pokemon Go or not. But I'm just not going to. And, and you can say that there's nothing wrong with the game, and that's fine. If that's what you believe, that's fine. And if that's how you want to spend the few fleeting hours of life that God has given to you, you know, more pocket monsters to you. I also don't care if you choose to spend your time playing Candy Crush or Farmville. I don't. And I'm not going to judge you or think you're playing with demons if you play Pokemon Go. I simply don't. Because, again, I don't have time. And based on my personal background and my personal research, I have concerns with the game itself. But here's the thing. I can choose to wring my hands at people who play Pokemon because it may or may not be evil. Or I can say, hey, others can, I cannot, your conscience isn't my conscience, and I can move on with my life and be happy and that's it and be done. I'm not saying don't be educated. Be educated. Be fully persuaded in your own mind. But your mind doesn't have to be everyone else's mind. Just because you have a conviction about something doesn't mean that everyone else has to share that conviction with you. I don't know about you, but for me, that's what Pokemon is. 
It's about a conviction. It's not about gospel truth because, quite frankly, if someone pointed a gun to my head and said, deny Jesus or we're going to shoot you, well, I'd be dead. But if someone pointed a gun to my head and said, play Pokemon Go or we're going to shoot you, I would be the most enthusiastic demon, I mean monster, monster. I would be the most enthusiastic monster catcher you have ever seen. Now, the reverse of that, though, is also true. If you love Pokemon Go and you have fully embraced this and you think that there's nothing wrong with it, understand that not everyone else has to love it. I mean, if someone else's parents don't let their kids play the game, understand that they have reasons and they have a conviction. And don't, don't mock them or tell them they're stupid or post about on Facebook how, how parents that don't let their kids play Pokemon Go are so misinformed and judgmental and blah, blah, blah. No. That's their family. Let them be as persuaded in their minds as you are in yours. And now, you know, it would probably be a great time to mention that our church is actually a Pokemon stop. We, we didn't ask to be a Pokemon stop. It just happened. The game creators just dropped Pokemon and Pokestops all over the map wherever they wanted, and apparently they're at almost every church around. There are five million Pokestops currently in the world, and Liberty Baptist Church just happens to be one of them. So you can come here and you can refuel your Pokemon obsession. Again, we didn't ask for the Pokemon to be here, but it is. Other churches didn't ask for Pokemon to be there, but they are. So churches all across the country right now have an opportunity because of Pokemon. Pokemon is invading the churches, so what do we do about it? Again, we can wring our hands and we can curse at the darkness if we think it's darkness, and we can do nothing because we literally can't make the Pokemon go away. The Pokemon are where the Pokemon are going to be. I had a Pokemon sitting in my lap and there was nothing I could do about it. So, and we have, we, our church is a pokey stop. We can look outside our window at all the people, literally dozens upon dozens of people that are showing up in our parking lot to try and catch a cartoon character every day, and we can share Jesus with them, we can invite them to church, we can take advantage of the opportunity that God is giving us. You know, and, and I don't have to personally like Pokemon to recognize and embrace the opportunity of people coming to us. Now, usually we have to go out and knock on people's doors to invite them to church or tell them about Jesus. But right now, all around America, people are walking, riding, driving, flying. I don't know. However they're getting there, they're getting there. They're walking right up to churches to catch a cartoon. And we don't even have to do anything. We don't have to put up bounce houses or give out hot dogs. People are just coming to churches in droves right now. And I, I don't know about you, but I think that's fantastic. And I think that we should welcome the Pokemoners because they're going to come whether we like it or not. Whether you like the game or not. And again, I personally don't. But I think it's great that our church is a Pokestop. Will I ever personally use the Pokestop? No. But people are going to come here and they're going to use it. So why would I not invite them to church while they're here? They are coming to, to us. I don't have to go knock on their doors. They come right to me. It's fantastic. So if you're a Pokemon player, stop by Liberty Church and Liberty Baptist Church and say hello. We've got Pokeballs and Poke Eggs and maybe even Potion. Yes, there may be a magic potion in the church parking lot right now, and there's nothing we can do about it. So come and collect. We can't wait to tell you about Jesus while you're here. 
Today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round. They can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. So if your educational, religious, community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use, and you can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVSL programming. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to be back in just a minute. We're going to talk about Mike Pence, some more about the convention. Uh, later this week, we will have, actually tomorrow, I believe we're going to have someone here uh, from the convention floor. Don't go away. This is Your Grace Still Amazes Me from Phillips, Craig, and Dean. We'll be back in just a minute. Actually, like five, because that's how long the song is. Please welcome the governor of the great state of Indiana, Mike Pence. We love Indiana. We love our country. My family and I couldn't be more honored to have the opportunity to run with and serve with the next president of the United States. Donald Trump is going to provide the kind of leadership that America needs. We're ready to put a fighter, a builder, and a patriot in the Oval Office of the United States of America. We're ready for Donald Trump. To strengthen our nation at home and abroad and give Americans the confidence that we'll be appointing people to the Supreme Court that will stand by our Constitution. Donald Trump knows that the boundless potential of the American people awaits and we can make America great again. It's uh, been very humbling, uh, very overwhelming. You know, my, uh, my grandfather came to this country in 1923, came through Ellis Island. Um, drove a bus for 40 years in Chicago, Illinois, and when I called my mother uh, and told her uh, that we had accepted uh, Donald Trump's selection as vice president, there were tears on both ends of the call. This is a tremendous honor for our family, uh, and, uh, but it's such an important time in the life of our nation, and this man is, is the right leader for America that uh, why do you, why I, I do you stepped say up that? without um, hesitation. You, why is he the right man for the right time in your view? Well, first off, he's the people's choice. And I believe in the collective wisdom of the American people. Uh, we had a competitive primary with an enormous number of talented men and women. And Donald Trump again and again emerged because I think very much, uh, like the 40th president that you and I so, so admire, Ronald Reagan, uh, Donald Trump understands the anxiety and the aspiration of the American people like like no leader since Reagan, and he's given voice to that, and um, and people have rallied around him, and I believe we'll continue to rally around him, and I, I expect next week at our convention, uh, you're going to see our party and leaders in our party rally around this good man who will be a great president of the United States. Are you ready for the predictable onslaught? The Clinton campaign has said you're incredibly divisive. As a matter of fact, you are the most extreme pick in a generation. Doesn't surprise you, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm a conservative, but I'm not in a bad mood about it. I mean, I, you know, throughout my career, I've, I've tried to stand for those, those principles of less government, less taxes, traditional values. He's a conservative, but he's not in a bad mood about it. That was presumptive vice presidential nominee on the GOP side, Governor Mike Pence of Indiana with a friend of our show, Sean Hannity, on his program uh, the night before the announcement was officially 
made Hannity had him on for a good interview. It's a, it's, I believe it's about a half an hour interview. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube or, of course, on Hannity.com or FoxNews.com. But uh, I think you know people are like, well, who's Mike Pence? Mike Pence, who's this guy? And you may remember him or you may not from the Religious Freedom Act on Indiana. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But I did want to play those highlights because I think that Mike Pence is someone that you may have heard his name, but you don't know a lot about him. He was actually a, a talk radio host, conservative talk radio host. He called himself Rush on Decaf. So there I'm just going to I'm just going to leave <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. But from the Washington Post, here's 10 things you should know about Mike Pence. Number 1, yes, he's that guy from last year's religious freedom debate. Pence was already well-known and respected in Republican circles when he was elected governor of Indiana in 2012. But he became a household name when he signed a religious freedom bill into law in 2015 in Indiana. Pence said it would extend legal protections to Indiana business owners who didn't want to participate in same-sex weddings, citing their religious beliefs, but opponents argued that he was sanctioning discrimination. The law got so much attention that at the 2015 White House Correspondents' Dinner, President Obama joked that he and Vice President Biden were so close that in some places in Indiana, they wouldn't be served pizza anymore. After a week of taking heat from Democrats, LGBT activists, corporate America, and the NBA, Pence signed an amendment saying it's not okay to use the law to discriminate against gay people. But that didn't quell activist criticism of the law, nor did it boost Pence's tanking approval ratings, and it made many social conservatives consider him as um, squishy. Or weak. Number two, though, he is a social conservative. Pence is a devout evangelical Christian who regularly talks about his faith. He likes to describe himself as a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. He is also referred to himself as an evangelical Catholic. He appreciates and still participates in many of the Catholic traditions in which he and his family were raised. This spring, Pence signed into law one of the strictest abortion laws in the nation. Indiana is now the second state in the country to ban abortions when the fetus has a disability, a law likely to be challenged in court. But not all social conservatives are thrilled with Pence at the moment. Some thought he backed off last year's religious freedom debate under pressure from liberal groups. Number three, he's facing a competitive re-election. Or at least he was. Pence will now have to drop out of his re-election bid, which may be a good thing for him, giving the religious freedom debate did Pence no favors there. Sensing an opportunity in a state that's been trending red lately, Democrats re-recruited businessman John Gregg, who has described himself as a gun-toting, Bible-quoting, Southern Indiana Democrat. Pence and Gregg have matched up against each other before. Gregg lost to Pence in 2012 by th just 3.2 percentage points in an election when, in which Pence failed to get 50% of the vote. Now, Indiana Republicans have to scramble to find a replacement four months before the election. Fourth thing you should know about Mike Pence, he was an early advocate for the Tea Party movement. One of its first speakers, one of Pence's former advisors, told NBC that even before the 2010 summer of discontent, between conservatives and the establishment, Pence was turned into a popular strain of the party. While in Congress, he voted against big spending bills that the Tea Party would come to loathe. Basically, Pence was Tea Party before it was cool. Fifth thing, he endorsed Ted Cruz for president. 
The political world's eyes were again on Pence this spring when his state had the potential to determine the winner of the Republican presidential primary. Pence came under scrutiny for being unusually quiet about who he'd support, a reflection of how the primary divided the populist strain of the GOP and its leaders. Four days before the primary, he finally said he'd be voting for Ted Cruz. But Pence tried to tack on a political insurance policy in case Trump won the state by adding... I'm not against anybody, which may not have been the boldest pronouncement, but certainly seems to have been the most politically savvy. Trump went on to win Indiana by almost 20 percentage points in the primary. Sixth thing you should know, Paul Ryan likes him, which is more than we can say about Trump and Ryan's relationship. Before becoming Indiana's governor in 2013, Mike Pence spent six terms in Congress, who's so in Congress for 12 years, where he served on committees that dealt with foreign affairs and technology, and he was generally well-liked and respected by his colleagues. Over time, he smoothed out his populist Tea Party edges and rose to some of the highest ranks in the party. In 2008, his colleagues elected him to the House GOP's number three spot, Republican Conference Chairman, a job dedicated to shaping the party's messaging after it got you know, slammed in the 2008 elections. Number seven, fun fact about Mike Pence, you may not know, he once challenged John Boehner for his party's leadership spot in the House. Pence may have harbored dreams of becoming House Speaker himself. In 2006, while Republicans were still in the minority, Pence decided to run for the leader of the party against a veteran GOP congressman from Ohio, John Boehner. It didn't go so well. Pence, who positioned himself as a conservative in the race, which he was, lost in a vote among fellow House Republicans 168 to 27. Eighth thing you might want to know, he's long been viewed as a potential presidential candidate. In fact, in 2010, conservative activists at the Values Voter Summit, of whom I was one, voted Pence their top choice for a 2012 presidential candidate, although he, he wasn't who I voted for, but he, he did win that. Uh, interestingly, Pence's 2016 VP competition, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, was also on the Values Voter Summit straw poll that year and came in fourth. Ninth thing to know, he's got ties to the Koch brothers, who haven't been particularly uh, kind in their words about Mr. Trump's candidacy thus far. The billionaire brothers have so far stayed out of the presidential race, a sign they're no fans of Trump. But their 2016 involvement could change with Pence by Trump's side. The resumes of several of Pence's top aides also include stints with the Koch brothers' vast corporate and political references. Tenth thing, final thing we're going to talk about today that you might want to know about Mike Pence. He grew up as a Democrat who idolized JFK. Pence told CBN News in a 2010 interview, It may be that I grew up in a big Irish Catholic family that I, like he did, that I liked him. Or maybe it was that my grandparents were so proud of the first Irish Catholic president. He even still has a box of JFK memorabilia. So those are just 10 things you may or may not have already known about Mike Pence from the Washington Post. We're going to take another break, but when we get back, I want to read you some Mike Pence quotes. Get to know what the man actually says and, and thinks himself. Those are things about him. Let's hear from Mike Pence. We'll be back in just a minute. Put your hands together. This is Twyla Paris with Days of Elijah, unless you're driving. If you're driving, don't clap. Keep your hands on the wheel. Here we go. We'll be back. Don't go away. And that was Twyla Paris with Days of Elijah. If you're listening on the podcast version of the show, that is fantastic. Thank you for doing that. But I just wanted to let you know that you just missed the song. And it was pretty, you know, pretty great. Yep. Yeah, we can't play the music on the podcast version of the show because of copyright issues. So if you want to get the whole Riddle Show experience, then what you want to do is tune in. Uh, 
if you're not if you're in Las Vegas, you can just go to 101.1 FM. Or if you are outside of Las Vegas, that's okay. We love you too, and you can still listen. You just go to kvxl101.com, and you can stream us there. The show is on at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. every Monday through Friday, unless I'm not here. But that rarely happens that I'm not here. So you can you can enjoy listening to me every day, or not enjoy it. You can just listen anyway, even if you don't enjoy it. But either way, you, you can and, and should listen. All right, so let's go out today with a few quotes from Mike Pence himself mentioned this one in the last segment. He said, I am a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. He says that often. He said, by enacting this legislation, we take an important step in protecting the unborn while still providing an exception for the life of the mother. I sign this legislation with a prayer that God will continue to bless these precious children, mothers, and family. Pence said that in March when he signed into law a bill expanding Indiana's already restrictive abortion laws. He said, Uh, I've said for years I'm a conservative, but I'm not in a bad mood about it. Let's be cheerful partisans and happy warriors. He said that at CPAC uh, last year. He said there are significant gaps in our ability to know precisely what we need to know about everyone coming into this country. He said that when he rejected the settlement of Syrian refugees in Indiana last year as well. Uh, He said, I would say that my Christian faith and my relationship with my wife, Karen, are the two most dominant influences in my life today. He said that in 2012. That I dye my hair and that I don't have a sense of humor. That was Pence's response when he was asked in 2012 to name the biggest misconception people have about him. Uh, I have learned to follow my heart and my heart is in Indiana. Pence said that in 2011 when he decided not to run in the 2012 presidential race. I was Tea Party before it was cool. He said in 2011 in an interview with Indianapolis Monthly, If Democrats in Washington would rather play political games and shut down the government than support our troops, defend our treasury, and respect our values, then I say, shut it down. That was Pence in 2011 on a compromise budget deal, which he opposed. Republicans will stand firmly on principle that the American people don't want to see the American military used to advance a liberal political agenda. He said that in 2010. Uh, I fear Mrs. Pence more than I fear voters, he said in 2007, on why he supported the annual automatic pay increase for members of Congress. Uh, He said, those who would have us ignore the battle being fought over life, marriage, and religious liberty have forgotten the lessons of history. America's darkest moments have come when economic arguments trumped moral principles. He said that at Values Voter Summit in 2010. We know the way back to a Republican majority is to return our party to those traditional conservative principles that minted our majority to begin with. He said in 2008, when he was elected House uh, chairman, uh, chairman of the House Republican Conference, he said, we didn't just lose our majority, we lost our way. In recent years, our majority voted to expand the federal government's role in education and entitlements and pursued spending policies that created record deficits and national Debt. He said that when he ran against John Boehner to be the minority leader in 2006. And lastly, he said, if you believe in limited government, you understand that the only check on government power in real time is a free and independent press. He said that in 2005. So that's now you know a little bit more about Mike Pence. And if you were tuned into the beginning of the show, you know a lot about Pokemon. If you missed our Pokemon segment, you missed so much fun and education at the same time. At least I had a good time with it. You can check that out, though. Today's episode will be uh, a podcast, so you can find it on on 
SoundCloud and on iTunes. Just put The Fertile Show in the search bar and you are there. Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to those of you tuned in over at the405media.com as well. It's great to have you with us. We're going to go out today to How Deep the Father's Love for Us by David Wesley, or sung by David Wesley, rather. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Have a fantastic day, everyone.